the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell. All right, well, good evening, and welcome to another exciting edition of Contending for the Faith. We are the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church. For the next hour, we're your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. Well, in the midst of this extremely congested social media landscape of Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, and the like, I have to wonder, have you ever heard the expression, Reader's Digest Condensation? Well, for those of you who may or may not be aware, Reader's Digest is a monthly magazine with probably the largest circulation of any magazine in the world. It was first published in 1922, and it's known for taking articles of interest from other magazines, condensing them, and cutting them down to give you the gist of what those articles are saying. So tonight, we bring you part five in our new series, A Reader's Digest Condensation and Contrasts of the Book of Ephesians, chapters one through six. And in this condensation and contrast, you will learn how to strengthen your Christian walk while understanding more about the enemy of our souls and how to defeat him. For we are not pretending, we are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed. And thank you so much for that uh, wonderful, challenging uh, introduction uh, and letting God uh, continually use you in a mighty way. And we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. And we want to encourage you to get your pens and paper and uh, get by a table with your Bibles and get ready to get blessed tonight in a mighty way. Well, you know, uh, we're talking about this contrast, conflict and contrast. And we see it throughout the book of Ephesians, but we see it throughout the Bible as well. From Genesis to Revelation, you know, always a contrast, conflict. And in the midst of all of that, the contrast and conflict, uh, one thing that I realize in this series is that the devil is always in the business of uh, imitation. Make a note of that. Imitation. He wants to be so much like uh, Christ and like God. And we see in Isaiah chapter 14, one of the things that it says, uh, out of all the things that he wanted to do, he wanted to be like God. It talks about that uh, in uh, Isaiah chapter 14. Uh, and because he could not be like God, he's gone on a rampage to 
try to do everything he can to imitate God uh, still up to this day. And he will do that until he's thrown into the lake of fire. And we see that, you know, with Moses throwing down the rod and turning into a serpent. And then the magis of the enemy did the same thing. And we see uh, even at the end of time that uh, the Antichrist, even with the name Antichrist, he's trying to be like Christ, even with the word Antichrist, which is mentioned in uh, John's, uh, you know, epistles. And, you know, the devil is always in the business of imitation, and it's just blasphemy when he uh, is so sick and so uh, demented that he's trying to do everything he can to uh, be like Christ. And in the end of time, he will have a number according to Revelation 13, which is 666. Now, that's has fallen short of seven because 666 is incompletion and seven is completion and perfection. Now, it is interesting to me that even when you uh, look at the rainbow flag of the LGBTQ, uh, it has eight colors. And that falls short of the perfection and completion of God. It has nothing whatsoever to do with God. And God's name is not mentioned whatsoever. It's another imitation trap of the enemy. And it's nothing new. That's why I tried to build on this from uh, the satanic attacks and imitation to the present day. It's blasphemous. It is, uh, it is a grave abomination uh, when the uh, gay community is uh, uh, changing up and, uh, you know, defiling uh, the rainbow of God. And God's rainbow has seven colors. Isn't that interesting? Uh, you know, and all those colors uh, in the rainbow is the colors uh, of God and reflect God. It represents uh, his goodness, his mercy, uh, and grace. Uh, the rainbow of God represents his love and long suffering. And most of all, uh, it's a reminder that of his promise, uh, that, and his true faithfulness to, uh, you know, mankind. Uh, when he talked about he will not destroy the world with a flood again. Next time, the world will be ended with fire. Now, again, the number seven is means completion and perfection. Uh, and yet, uh, the devil is always trying to contrast himself and imitate everything that God is. Now, you know, it's quite interesting to me. Now, make note of this. Uh, it's quite interesting to me that even the American flag, it is, has been uh, disrespected, people not standing and saluting the flag. And the American flag, I did a teaching on this in our church. And if you look at and study the colors in the American flag, uh, the blue represents royalty. It represents really Jesus as a king. And, and the priests in the Old Testament and uh, Jesus himself, uh, even when they were disrespecting him and before he was crucified, they put a, a robe on him of many different colors. 
uh, and uh, they, and that represents him as royalty, but uh, the blue represents royalty, and the priest would, uh, in the Old Testament, was wrapped up in blue in various colors, and so in the American flag, blue represents royalty, red represents uh, the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed for our sins, and uh, the white in the flag represents purity and holiness, and yet the devil has attacked the American flag. And uh, so we need to be aware of all of these attacks that has come upon the Christian faith and the imitations of the enemy, because Satan is a deceiver, and he always tries to be uh, like God because God, uh, uh, you know, ounced him out of heaven, and he's been on a rampage to try to do everything to get mankind to worship him other than God. And uh, you, we see that even with the uh, temptation of Jesus in Matthew 4 and Luke 4, he literally said, fall, fall down, uh, Jesus, and all the kingdoms of the world uh, I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Now, he's still doing that today, and he uses all these different uh, demonic colors that is opposite of the color of God to get man to worship uh, him other than God. And we need to be on our guards. We need to be careful. We need to be watchful and prayerful against the enemy uh, around this. Now, I did late last time talk about, and since I'm talking about all these different contrasts of colors now, I may not be able to get deep into uh, this, uh, these different things in Ephesians, but the Lord put that on my heart to share with you tonight, but let me kind of just uh, get back into this thing of Ephesians and the contrast of the different puts of God. That's in Ephesians chapter 4. We find that in Ephesians chapter 4, there is a contrast and conflict uh, between the old man and the new man. This is the Jekyll and Hyde war that you and I uh, battle with every day. And that old man is an evil man. It is a contradictory man. It is a man that, that old man, that old nature that we inherited from the first Adam uh, is against everything that God wants to be. That's what kind of like Paul talked about in Romans chapter 7. Every time I try to do good, evil is present with me. The thing that I hate, that is what I do. And that old man wants to... Uh, fight against prayer, fight against Bible study, fight against you going to church, fight against you witnessing, fight against you giving, fight against you humbling yourself before God, fight against you allowing uh, Jesus to be king of your life, because uh, the only way you're going to get in the kingdom of God is to humble yourself and be submissive to Jesus as king. And that's one of the reasons why Jesus said, many are called, but few are chosen. Why? because most people want to be king of their own lives. They want to be ruler of their own lives. They want to be dictators of their own lives and everything other than what God wants them to do. And this old man versus the new man is uh, something that uh, Paul uh, understood in Ephesians, and that's why his theme is the Christian walk 
in Ephesians throughout. The whole six chapters is talking about the Christian walk. And uh, in the midst of this Christian walk, we got to be uh, filled with the Holy Spirit because, you know, some people have said to me, uh, Dr. Butner, how do I overcome the old man? Well, you overcome the old man by getting in the new man and getting into the spirit of God. You know, you got to put on the Holy Spirit. You got to empty yourself of pride, self-seeking ambition, and worldliness. And you got to allow the Holy Spirit to come in and take control of your life. You cannot overcome the old man by yourself because you don't have the strength to do it. And the old man is a powerful man. It's an old man that that's part of your genetics. It's part of your being. And we inherited the attributes of the old man when we were born. And then when we were born again, we inherited the attributes of Christ. That's why it talks about in the Bible, the first man was Adam. The second man is the second Adam, which is Christ. And we got both of those Adams inside us. Did you know that? We got the attributes of the first Adam inside us, and we got also the attributes of the second Adam. And they fight against each other every day, warring against each other, pulling against. That's why so many people, when they get up in the morning, what's the first thing you do? You get up in the morning and you just start doing the things of the world. You brush your teeth and you get breakfast or whatever, you go to work, and then Satan sets you up to have failure throughout that day because you didn't start off in the Word of God. You didn't get into the Word of God and let the Word of God get into you, and you definitely didn't put on the armor of God. See, you will become a doomed casualty without putting on the full armor of God daily and starting off before you brush your teeth, before you do anything. You got to drop on your knees or lay down on your back, and you got to quote Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, and put on that full armor every day in your life. Now, the Apostle Paul talks about in Ephesians chapter 4, these different types of puts. And I'm going to get into all of these different puts, but I'm going to break it down again, uh, how he lays it out. In, in Ephesians uh, chapter 4 and verse 22, he, he talks about put off. Put off what? The old man. That old nature that we inherited from the first Adam. And then at number two, in, in Ephesians 4 and 24, he says, put on. Put on what? The new man. The new man, which is after God, created in righteousness and holiness. And then, uh, and, and that's the attributes of Christ. And then number three, uh, he says, put away. It's interesting that he says, put away uh, in Ephesians chapter 4, 25, 26, 27, 29, and 30, and 31. And then he mentions again in Ephesians 4 and 31, put away. Put away what? He just lists a whole bunch of things that you need to put away in that list that we're going to be talking about sooner or later. But let me say this in closing. My friend, if you think that you can overcome this old character, this old nature, you are deceiving yourself. The way you're going to put get, put away this old man is to do three things. Recognize your sinner. That's what all with these R's. Recognize your sinner. Second R, repent. Third R is receive. Now, we're going to have this prayer in closing. Dear Lord, 
I recognize I'm a sinner. And secondly, Lord, I repent of my sins. I turn away from my sins and I turn to you. And number three, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Lord, help me to get into a fellowship. Help me to get somewhere where I can be taught your word and humble me with the put on the full armor of God so I can be invincible in the spiritual warfare. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Brother Gary. All right, it's time for us to take that commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. Give us a call tonight if you have questions or comments. If you need prayer, we're here to pray with you. So we always say prayer should be your first response, not your last resort. Be quick to pray. And speaking of prayer, we want to thank all of you who have been praying for contending for the faith these many, many years. And we just cannot uh, imagine what it would be like if you weren't there praying for us. It's so important that consistent prayers are going forward. And we just thank you and validate you for your prayers. And also, I want to mention last week we put out uh, a request for help. And, you know, uh, you guys just overwhelmed us with your response uh, in terms of your generosity and giving. Uh, It was just amazing to see that you responded right away. And we want to thank you for that that quick response. Those of you who gave, you know who you you are. and We appreciate it so tremendously. This is a listener-supported ministry, and you showed your support, and it was a blessing to behold. And so we want to thank all of you who have prayed for contending for the faith. We want to thank all of you who have generously stepped up and have given to this ministry time and time again to keep us on the air, to keep us going, to keep us doing the work that God has called us to do. So we say thank you. We validate you. We applaud you. And we so love you for what you're doing and how you're partnering with us. There's two ways that you can donate. You can address a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. The second way is so much simpler, so much easier. Simply go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. And click on the Donate button, and you will be a blessing for time and eternity. All right, Dr. Buckner, about ready to go to the calls? Let's do that, Brother Gary. Okay. Uh, We have Jermaine on line one with a very interesting and uh, current uh, question. Brother Jermaine, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. Oh, good. Good to hear your voice. And uh, what's on your heart tonight, my brother? So in Germany, there was an AI-powered church service, and the scary thing is 300 people actually came and sat through the service. I could understand if it was from a point of curiosity, but many of these people actually felt like they were being preached to, and they're probably coming back. And 
to me, that just seems so blatantly just spiritually dangerous. I just wanted to hear your thoughts on that, because there, there doesn't seem to be any Holy Spirit in, in a chatbot. Uh, I just wanted to hear your thoughts on that. Well, thank you so much for that. You know, uh, when for those who may not know this, AI is talking about artificial intelligence, and, and it is uh, anything that is... Uh, uh, intelligence other than God's intelligence. And I think that that's something to kick things off. If it's not God's intelligence, uh, then it is a demonic intelligence trying to infiltrate uh, our world and bring us away from God. You know, it kind of fits into what I was saying earlier about the, the imitations of the enemy. And uh, uh, this this church in Germany is anything other than the true church and you know uh because it's not preaching uh christ is not preaching the gospel and what did paul say in galatians chapter one uh, if anyone preaches any other gospel than that which i have preached uh you know let it let him be anathema that's one of the strongest words that the apostle paul could have ever used in the greek and that means a curse and people got to wake up to the reality if you're not uh, going to attend God's church, and you're going to attend uh, the wrong avatar uh, church. That word avatar is just demonic in and of itself as, as well. Uh, then you're right in the place where Satan has your soul, and it will keep you from doing the real work of God uh, upon your life. And so uh, the, the issue is here is, is uh, is is like Paul has said as well. If I preach anything other than Christ, it is uh, anathema, and preach any other gospel than Christ is anathema. So, the the way we witness to people like this, we just simply say, "Where is Christ in this?" Uh, there's no foundation without Christ being at the center of this situation, and uh, and uh, it will uh, it will stop. Uh, People from getting into the kingdom of God uh, and preachers who are calling themselves preachers involved with this stuff, it'll keep them as well. Uh, uh, you can be into an uh, intelligence that's uh, ungodly and uh, dishonest, and uh, your ideas may not restore your soul when you're involved with something like this. And then the issue is, uh, what authority is this thing based upon? I mean, because we we say AI, and and where is the authority? Who's whose authority is this thing based upon? You know, Jesus is the rock, and if we build our life on anything other than Him as our rock, all it's going to do. Jesus said, when the storm comes, they're going to fall and be destroyed. And so here is another trap booby trap of the enemy. And I was saying that at the beginning of this message, I was saying that Satan is in the business of imitating and substituting. And the devil is what he's doing right now is conditioning people's minds to get ready for the Antichrist coming. And they're going to fall right into the trap of the enemy because they are preaching everything other than Christ and you don't have no foundation with that. You don't have anything to stand on with that. Uh, and so that's what I want to kind of add, uh, say to this. And Gary, you have anything you want to add to what I said on this? 
Yeah, you know, this thing, uh, AI and chat GPT, and there's a lot of them, mid-journey. And when you look at the stuff that, you know, these these programs, these artificial intelligence, uh, the things that they create, um, a lot of them are twisted. A lot of them are completely, um, you know, they're, they're inaccurate. People have been testing this stuff. And it, it, when you look at the AI artwork, it, it, it's cold and lifeless. Uh, it's just really bizarre, it's at least the way it is right now. And I think that to, to have chat GPT produce a sermon for somebody, you know, all it does is go scours the internet for anything related and, and pulls it together, whether it's accurate or true or not, it doesn't know how, you know, it's just insane that people would even consider doing something like that. Um, that's how delusional our world has become. You know, we, we need sermons um, that were in inspired by the Holy Spirit and given to pastors and teachers um, to give to a con- to give to a specific congregation to a word for that congregation that, at that right time. You know, no AI is going to be ever able to do anything close to. It. Matter of fact, as Dr. Buckman said, it's a, it's an imitation. It it doesn't know. It's not reality. Um, it's artificial intelligence. It's an artificial sermon. You know, it's not it's not real. And so you're you're in on a slippery slope with this mess. I don't, again, I, I think it's 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 a, a very demonic thing to to even um, consider using AI in that form. It's evil in that respect. And that's my two cents. Amen. Amen. Good good point, Brother Gary. So, uh, Brother Jermaine, hopefully we've been able to add some truth from God's word that you can use and uh, use it as a tool to try to reach some of these people that you come across. And uh, But it's a good question because the enemy is infiltrating his way into our world in so many ways uh, with imitation and conditioning uh, to get people away from God. So thank you always for your good questions, and hopefully we've been able to help you. Oh, yeah, very much so. And I'll, I'll pick up the second part of this topic another time. But, uh, yeah, but I think Brother Gary knocked it out the park. Amen. All righty, brother. Thank you so much. Because yeah, anybody God bless. stuff, you know, it's, it's, it's laziness. It, it's, you know, you're, you're no longer doing the work. You're uh, ab- abdicating your uh, ability to a machine. Anyway, don't get me started, Doctor. <laughs> Let's go on. To the- <laughs> Amen. I agree. Yes, yes, yes. Um, All right. You- Who do we have next? Well, we have either Alfred's question, or we can go to Brother Rick live and do Alfred uh, afterwards. Let's go to Brother Rick. All right, Brother Rick, are you there? I've got a question for you. Yes. Where in the Bible can we find how God directs us in the day and in the night? Well, that's a good question, Brother Rick, uh, because a lot of people uh, don't realize that God is a God that works in the day as well as the night. And it's interesting how many times you can do a word study on the word darkness, and you can find that God 
comes to the people in the darkness and he comes to the people in the light as well. And one uh, night when the disciples were on the sea uh, and they were uh, feeling like they were drowning, they saw Jesus coming in the night walking on the water. And he's a God of the light and a God that works in the darkness and works in the light. But I think a good scripture that comes to mind uh, that can be an encouraging scripture to people that uh, are thinking about God being a God of the, his word being a word in the light and the darkness, it, it comes to mind with me as Psalms 119 and 105. 119, 105. It talks about uh, there, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So God's word, the psalmist is saying, it is a word that will guide you as a lamp in the night. And then it is a light that will guide you in the day as well. This is such a beautiful scripture here that I've memorized, uh, Psalms 119.105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path, because a lot of us uh, need guidance in the darkness, and it's a lamp with the darkness. And then there's a light in the day. But you'll never know that unless you're studying it. You got to know how to use God's word when you are under attacks at the night, in the night, and in the day. But if you don't know God's word and you're ignorant and you just don't know how to use it, and you're going to be in trouble. So it's important just like you got to turn on the light uh, when your room is dark, you come in the house, the first thing you do when you come into a dark house, you turn on the light. Well, you got to know how to turn on God's word. Turn on God's word when you are faced the darkness and turn on God's word in the day. And what it'll do, as it promises here, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. What a glorious, encouraging word. Hopefully that helps you out, Brother Rick. Brother Rick, are you there? Did we lose Brother Rick again? I don't know. Maybe his phone is giving him problems. I was going to add to that Psalm 42 and 8. It says, by uh -huh. day the Lord directs his love. At night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. Amen. God working. Well, I think um, we must have lost Brother Rick we're at that, about at that commercial time anyway, so if, so what, hopefully if he calls back, we can pray for him. Yeah, that's right. So let's take that commercial break. Be right back with more Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. All right. Well, welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Bucker. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, I want to thank all of you who have been praying for Contending for the Faith. We want to thank all of you who have stepped up to the plate and hit a home run financially for Contending for the Faith. This is a prayer-driven, listener-supported ministry 
We need prayers all the time going up for what we're trying to do. We are in, in, locked in a conflict with the enemy every week. Things are happening all the time around us, and we need those prayers going up. Uh, we need that, that support when we're going to war against the enemy. So we need you to pray, as well as we need you to partner with us in terms of giving. There's two ways that you can donate. You can uh, address a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Or you can simply go online to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org, and click on the Donate button. And it's that simple. You'll be a blessing for time and eternity. We can't thank you enough for your prayers and your financial support for Contending for the Faith. It is so vital. It's so amazing. And it's so important to keep it, to keep those prayers coming and to, and to be consistent in your giving. All right, Dr. Buckner, let's go to our phone callers. Let's do that, Brother Gary. All right, we have Sophia on line four. Hello, Sophia, how are you doing? Oh, I'm fine, thank you very much. First, I just want to say how much it meant to me. The two of you really ministered to me last week, and it meant all the world to me, and it was so helpful. Now, tonight's question I had was, I was reading Matthew. Now, I don't know, some people say it's the Lord's Prayer, but I think it's the disciples' prayer. But they say, Lord, how do we pray? And so I thought, and this was my question, these things must be very important, because because this is of all the things that Jesus could have said, this is what he says, our feather in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, forgive us our debts, and forgive our debtors, etc. So it seems to me that so often when we pray, now I could be wrong, we don't say it if it be your will. It's the will of God that is very important. It says, your kingdom come, your will be done. And so I wanted to know if my perception was correct. Also, daily bread means we have to hear the word every day. I think that's what that means. So if we pray and we ask, we want this, we want that, aren't we supposed to say, if it be your will? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you're, you're bringing out some very good points in terms of prayer. And I do want to say this, that uh, Matthew 6, when it talks about uh, the disciples' prayer, that actually is the disciples' prayer. The Lord's Prayer would be John 17. Mm -hmm. So that's important for us to understand. Uh, but when Jesus gave the disciples' prayer uh, in Matthew 6 and his other gospels that mention it as well, that he does mention a key word, uh, many different things. So I, I say this prayer every day because mm -hmm. it's a model prayer for our lives daily. And it has so many spiritual nuggets in it. But when it talks about the will, thy will be done, you can link that with 1 John 5 and 14, where it says in 1 John 5 and 14, we have this confidence that we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. So we want to make sure that we're in submission to his will, guiding our wills over our will, because it's a war always between our will over God's will. That's where pride comes in. And we got to repent of pride and humble ourselves and 
daily bread, it is the study of God's word daily. And remember, Jesus said when he was tested by the enemy in Matthew 4 and Luke 4, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So this is a tremendous uh, disciples prayer and it has so many nuggets in it and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from all uh -huh. evil. That's something that we need to pray every day and even pray that prayer uh, before we go to bed at night because the enemy not only tries to get us in the daytime, but night and uh, even in our sleep. So we pray, pray that prayer as a covering over us with the full armor on uh, daily and uh, at night before we go to bed. That's something that I commit to as a disciple's prayer and, you know, lead us not into temptation in even in our sleep because the enemy can even mess with us in our dreams because the enemy, Satan, is a spirit and we're a spirit. So he can fool with our spirit if we don't pray that prayer. Lord, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from all evil. So we're going to be tested. That's for sure, because that's part of us uh, winning the examination to get to heaven. You don't get to heaven without examinations. And we're going to have these tests to see if we're going to be worthy to make it into the kingdom of God. And a lot of people are going to fail those tests over and over because they haven't allowed Jesus to be king of their life, Lord of their life. You know how much I emphasize this thing of lordship. Uh -huh. And isn't it interesting when you're talking about the will of God? Let me say this in closing on this. In Matthew chapter 7, read that sometime. Jesus said, many in that day will call me Lord, Lord. Did we prophesy in your name? Now, these are religious folks. These are church going folks. Many will say, Lord, Lord, did I not prophesy in your name? Did I cast out demons in your name? Did many mighty works in your name? And it says, Jesus said, I will profess to them, I never knew you because you didn't do the will of my Father. There's the word will again. People got to understand, and those who are listening to this program tonight, uh, we are uh, a raw bone, tell it like it is ministry. And you can call in with a lot of questions. People can call in and listen to this program, and that's all good. But the bottom line is, are you living under the Lordship of Christ and doing his will? Because his will is the thing that's going to determine whether you get to heaven or not. And Jesus said, many will say, Lord, Lord, but he will profess to them he never knew them because they didn't do the will of the, the, his father in heaven. And when he says, thy will be done, that's a serious thing, that we come under the, the will of God as Lord and king of our lives and we need to preach more of that that's not enough preaching on that you know people preach sweet sermons and oh you know all you got to do is just simply think about you know i'm gonna get to heaven one day and all i got to do is just believe and and that's good enough for me no you better take it a step further and come under the lordship of christ and you got to be obedient to him as king because if you're not, forget about the kingdom. A kingdom has to do with somebody submitting to him as a king. 
and passing the examination because you're not going to graduate unless you pass the test, you know, and the Lord has left the tempter here, which is Satan, for the sole reason to tempt us. And isn't it interesting, I'll say this, and, and that'll be my last point on this, isn't it interesting that uh, the Lord allowed Adam and Eve to be tested, to be tempted by the tempter with one test uh, in the Garden of Eden, and they failed that test. And God is continuing to allow the enemy to be a tester to see if we're going to be worthy and if we love him more so than anything else. And that's going to be the bottom line, whether we make it to heaven or not. Do you Are you going to do his will? Are you going to be obedient? Because uh, uh, Saul, Samuel said to Saul in the Old Testament, obedience is better than sacrifice. You can do all the religious things you want to do. But if you're not obedient under the lordship and kingship, you might as well write it off going to heaven. Hopefully, I've said some things here to encourage you. It was fabulous. Thank you so much, and God bless you. And I, what I love about contending for the faith in you, Dr. Buckner, the expression the Americans use, you really do tell it like it is. And that's what I appreciate so much, because we better really Amen. be Jesus, on track, yeah. or we won't get Amen. to heaven. Amen. Jesus said the truth will make people free. we got to tell them the truth. Anyway, right. Thank you so much for your call. Appreciate it. God bless you both. Goodbye. God bless you, too. So, Dr. Gary? Buck, the, the end of the Lord's Prayer, lead us not into the temptation, could be lead us not into the time of testing, because God tempts no man. Right. right. There's a difference between temptation and testing. Right. So when he said, lead us not into temptation, temptation is something that we pray to God uh, to deliver us from. We're going to be uh, tempted and tested. So so what we do is we pray every day for God to deliver us from both because Mm -hmm. he tests us, God tests us. And what Satan does, he tempts us. So God, God is the one that tests us. Right. But Satan tempts us, and we got to pass that test every day because God is going to put it in our lives. But what we do is we pray to be delivered when it comes. We're right. not going to escape it. We're not going to escape it. We can escape it whether we trust in God because he opens up a door uh, for us to escape it, as it talks about in the book of Romans. Mm-hmm. And then when, when, script, when he says, give us this day our daily bread, doesn't that also apply to provision in terms of our lives, God taking care of us with our physical needs? Absolutely. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Taking care of the physical needs and right. the spiritual needs and the emotional. It covers all of it. Yeah, absolutely. But he's letting, yeah. So he, he, when he mentions that bread, our daily bread, yeah, he's definitely talking about God's provision. And yet when it talks about deliver us from temptation, He's talking about protection. So we got all of these. I did a teaching on this before, talking about the different P's. And you're talking about provision when it talks about the bread. And then you talk about protection when it talks about deliver us from temptation. Yes. Amen. All right. Well, we did have uh, Brother Alfred has questions that he'd like to take off the air. The first one is, can you be full of faith? and fear at the same time. 
Yes, that is true. Uh, one can be uh, full of faith and, well, I would say uh, part of faith and and fear. Because when you're full of faith, what full of faith does, it diminishes fear. Because there's an acronym for fear, false evidence appearing to be real. So if you have part faith, then you're going to have part, you're going to have some part fear. But when you're full of faith, it diminishes and knocks fear right out because God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. And Jesus said, fear no man, but God. So uh, it's an oxymoron, but when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, it just dominates over fear. And, uh, you know, but if you're not walking with God, you're going to be kind of like having an oxymoron. You're going to be having a battle between walking with fear and and faith. But the more you walk with God with the full armor on, it protects you against those fiery darts. Your memory says, throw right. in those fiery darts against us. And when you have the shield of faith, what it does it wards off the fiery darts, which tries to bring in fear and speculation over revelation. And then you have another question with that as well, right? Yes. Uh, second question, what exactly is hell and how do you avoid going there? Well, definitely Jesus is the one that spoke about hell more so than anyone. And uh, he uh, talks, talks about it from the perspective of Hades and Luke 16. So you may want to look at Luke 16, where he lays out, uh, you know, torment of those who go to Hades, which is a um, place that people go, unbelievers, after they die, because the lake of fire has not been opened up for business yet. So to get a description, Jesus gave a description of uh, Hades, which is in Luke 16, and it's, it's suffering, it's torment, uh, it's uh, separation uh, from God and uh, the family of God. And yet, when you get into Matthew 25, Jesus mentions the Greek word Gehenna, that's the lake of fire, and that's eternal torment. So uh, the uh, Hades is a temporary place, it's like a person that goes to a jail before they're sentenced to Soledad or San Quentin or Folsom. Uh, and yet in Matthew 25, Jesus talked about everlasting punishment. And then he talks about the word Gehenna, which is the lake of fire, the gnashing and, and uh, of teeth. And it's a separation of God. And he mentions darkness. So hell is a place of dark. There was the guy uh, Leo Daniels, a uh, well-known preacher, and he gave an acronym for hell. He talks about uh, something interesting with that. But we look like we're running out of town time, but we are going to turn it over to Gary uh, to conclude now, but I'll try to give that acronym another time. Uh, Brother Gary. All right. Well, we've come to the end of a very exciting broadcast, and we'd like to thank Vince, our engineer, and you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program. Please keep us in your prayers until next week at this time when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions 
Make comments and dialogue with Dr. Buckner always with one purpose in mind to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.